You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper for all your medicinal, recreational cannabis needs. You know what to do. Drop that Emo Brown social club card and get your 50% discount. Always. Special guest today. We've got a new mayor position becoming vacant this year. So we have mayoral candidate, Ms. Jill Galvez, stopping by, taking some of our questions. But more importantly, let's get to know her. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jill Galvez. What's going on, Ms. Jill? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You are always welcome. I've seen you. I've, I've had our business here on 3rd Avenue five years now. This year is going to be five years. And you've been here since day one. You've, you, you're always walking the blog in the neighborhood. It was time. We're not a political podcast. That's the complete antithesis of what we are, but I am a small business owner. I am a family guy. I live on the west side of Chula Vista. Miss Mary is our current uh, mayor, and she's my neighbor. And she said, you know what would be a good idea? Interview all the potential candidates who are running for mayor and see what they all bring to the table. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. So I've reached out to everybody who's running. Some have responded. Some have not. You totally responded. Not only did you respond, you came to my house. You've been doing door-to-doors which is something that not any other male candidate has done right now. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ms. Jill. How'd you get to Chula Vista? What are you all about? Let's get it. Well, first of all, you have an adorable house. Thank you. And wow, your little playground equipment and your tree, you know, tree fort and all the stuff. My dad, man, retired Mexican dads. (laughs) You you give them a project and they go, they take it to the next level. You know, that had a lot of you in it. (laughs) And it was so nice to meet your children and your wife is amazing. But um, but you're truly what makes Chula Vista so special is people that were born and grew up here that give back, that just enjoy living here and enjoying all that Chula Vista has to offer. So thank you for choosing to raise your family, your beautiful family on the West side, uh, just a couple blocks from here. That's, that's really, thank you. Indeed. So, um, so I came to Chula Vista back in 1992. I was, I'm, I'm from Michigan originally, and I was working for IBM, met my husband to be, uh, he was actually one of my customers at nice. when I was he worked for, I got off that account quickly, but he worked at a regional bank and, um, and, and I changed accounts and we began dating and, um, about a year and a half into our, uh, romance, his mother, um, uh, um came and announced that she came down with colon cancer. And so Victor, uh, uh, decided that he needed to come back to spend time with his mother and help her heal and recover. So Victor comes from Mexico City. Um, he came here in the in the 70s and attended Hilltop High. His parents um, raised their family on J Street, and Victor moved out to Chula Vista. He's Mr. Chula Vista then. He, he went to Hilltop, yeah, raised on J. Yeah, Heck yeah. yeah. he did. He came as an immigrant. He went to Southwestern College. So, so he moved out here and then proposed and... Um, you know, that, that completely changed my life and, and, the, and the path of, of, of our future together. And so we moved here in 1992 um, and we married right away. And, uh, and then we um, purchased a home and started our family. And it's just been amazing. It's been an amazing um, journey. Chula so- is a beautiful place. Yes. From the water to the mountains, it has, it's so vast. It's huge. You guys are from Chula Vista. I think I know where you live. Because I, I, <laughs> I drive home every day and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That house has a lot of Jill Galvez for mayor signs on them. It's like, I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to assume that is where you live. So. <laughs> we, we do live in a historic home. Mm. And actually in the early 2000s, when the very first um, Chula Vista historic home tour came to be, I was a member of the Chula Vista Heritage Museum Society and also on the board of the Chula Vista Heritage Museum. And so I was part of all the home tours, the historic home tours. So you know, 25,000 people have been through that home and, um, and, and others, other historic homes, Northwest Chula Vista and the heritage of Chula Vista is just so rich and beautiful and great. Um, and, uh, we've had, 
Uh, we need to do more historic home tours so you can come inside, but you're welcome anytime. Thank you. You are a city council rep for us, our district here on the northwest side of Chula Vista. What got you into politics? What what what, what piqued your interest in jumping and throwing your hat into that game? You know, back- It's a crazy game. It's a crazy, it's a crazy it game, is. especially like small town politics. Chula Vista is huge. It's, it's like I said, it's from the ocean to the mountain. There's about 300,000 people in our city. But it's still considered a small city as it relates to everything else. And everybody knows everybody in Chula Vista. It's absolutely true. You can't walk down Third Avenue and be like, oh, oh, oh. After two or three people, like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. It all becomes very relative. It's less than six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely for sure. And that includes all parts of Chula Vista, including the far, far east part of Chula Vista by Otay Lake. Um, It's, it's, you know, we're all connected. So, um, I, I got involved back in college just for about a year and a half. I was a local government reporter and I did camera work and production on zoning boards and planning boards. And I really I kind of fell in love with local politics and local decision making and how zoning could completely change the character of a community. So I started to pay attention and I went in another direction with my career. I worked for IBM and AT&T and managed Western states for AT&T and then Southern California operations and, um, and human resources. But my love and understanding of, of how local government changes or influences, you know, the course of, of one's life, um, you know, really stuck with me. So I, I paid attention and I, I remember throwing uh, the first backyard uh, political meet and greet for Mary Salas uh, when I was a preschool mom, our kids went to community congregational preschool right around the corner about uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and through a, a friend raiser um, and invited the other preschool moms to meet one of our local representatives. And, and then since then, um, I've just been involved and active and engaged, paying attention um, to what I'd like to, hap- you know, like to see happen and what I didn't like to see happen. And so, you know, you, you, some people like fishing, some people play soccer, some people, you know, have hobbies. And, and this has always been a hobby of mine is following local decisions, following local elected leaders, seeing how their decisions um, are either something that I agree with or don't, or you know, how decisions they make change the, the flavor of our community. It seems like you've crossed off a lot of boxes, uh, uh, checked off rather a lot of boxes on how to become involved in politics. Your current role is as city council member. How long have you been in this position? Three years, just over three years. Nice. I, December. How difficult is it to procure that position? <laughs> well, you have to knock on a lot of doors and you have to have a lot of conversations um, and, and convince your neighbors and friends and people that never met, never met but you before. Believe it or not, not everyone knows every single other person in the city. So you have to meet them and find out what's important to other people. Um, it's a great opportunity when you do run for office, when you do knock on that door, when someone is gracious enough to open and have that conversation with you. You learn all kinds of things. You learn mm-hmm you know, that they might've been a former, you know, police sergeant, or they might've been, you know, worked for public works and worked on a particular storm drain and tell you a history of that. Or they might've been a school teacher that educated your husband, or, you know, you, you learn so many things when you knock on doors. It's, you know, each door that opens up, if you don't know them already, um, is an opportunity to learn, you know, about that person that, that is part of your community. And, uh, and, and I love that so much. So I hope that everyone that runs for office does it that way and doesn't just, you know, do it the, you know, the, the lobbyist way, which is raise a lot of money and do a lot of mail. And, you know, how difficult is it to go door to door? It's easy. Go yeah. door to door is the, you caught me off guard. Part. Yeah. yeah I, I think I was outside. Uh, I don't know what I was doing, but I was coming outside and then I walked in and I was like, Hey, and I was like, Oh wait, it's Miss Jill. What's going on? <laughs> and you were like, Oh, I didn't know you lived here. And I was like, Hey, what's good. And you handed me your flyer. I read the flyer and, and I had told my wife, I was like, you know what? We've got to like legitimately sit down and, and, and read through all the material that's coming. Cause you know, we are now in, in the primary part of the mayoral candidate Absolutely. time. So it's like, who's running? What do they represent? What are they all about? And it's like, it, it's interesting. Cause not everybody goes door to door. You know, it, 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 it's gotta be tough. What's the most difficult aspect of that? I actually, that's my favorite part. And so, um, you know, the most difficult part is fundraising for me. I'm terrible asking other people for their money 
for something that I'm passionate about. So I'm good at going door to door because I love it so much. I love when someone takes the time to open the door and then hear what I have to say or volunteer something that they, they would like to say. And then you know, make them feel included and welcome to help our city be a better place. So I also don't, as a council member, I don't have an aide. I answer all of my emails and um, uh, cell phone calls directly myself. And I encourage people, if you see something that's not right, you know, you can report it on Actual Vista. You can email me. There are a variety of different ways that you can make something right for your community because if we want to live in the best community, the very best community, we all have to take an active role in making sure that nothing, you know, nothing slips or nothing um, denigrates or becomes something that we don't want it to be. I can attest to you responding to all your emails and all of your text messages because when you handed me out the, the brochure that goes over all your bullet points on the who, the what, the why, I saw that your number was on there and I texted you. I said, hey, Miss Jill, this is Steve. Um, we talked about it. So I didn't like, I didn't cold call you on this text. I kind of prefaced it earlier in our meetings. Like I'd love to have you on the podcast. You know, I've been bringing some of the mayor candidates onto the podcast just to kind of pick their brain and, and to see who I would vote for, you know, and, and people are listening, you know, as much, as much as it, it, it freaks all of us out that are involved with our podcast and what we do, it's like people legitimately are listening. We get feedback. We've get text messages. We get DMS, we get emails. I have questions for you that people submit. So every Monday I'll just put out, Hey, such and such is coming. This Monday was no difference. I say, Hey, Chula Vista mayoral candidate, Jill Galvis is going to be on the episode tonight. What do you guys want to ask? And I got a few questions. And so to me, that tells me like, all right, people are paying attention. So it almost puts a little bit of pressure on what I'm doing, you know, but, but I'm excited because I don't know who I'm going to vote for. It's still early in the game. I know June is right around the corner and you guys are out there flying, knocking on doors, raising money like crazy. But to a family of three and small business owners, like I, I now legitimately take this very seriously. So now you've been a council member for three years. What makes you want to throw your hat into the mayor race and want to become the mayor of our city? Well, thank you. I, you know, I wasn't expecting to do it. Mm. Um, I just really uh, got this position or ran to be a council member because I didn't like some things that were happening in Northwest Chula Vista. Northwest Chula Vista was full of graffiti. Um, you know, three years ago, Northwest Chula Vista had um, unsheltered people living in our parks and drug dealing happening. And we had illegal cannabis shops all over the place. Um, not anymore. Not Grasshopper anymore. <laughs> legal dispensary here in our hometown of Chula Vista. <laughs> yeah. But we had some dangerous things going on and, um, um, and we had just passed Measure A, um, and I wasn't satisfied that we were hiring uh, police officers and firefighters at the at the rate that that I was hoping to with that sales tax ba- uh, measure. We are now um, back on course, and we're we're doing a phenomenal job in, in the hiring. But but there were things that I just wanted to see done in Northwest Chula Vista, and honestly, you know, having a four year. Um, time limit for a job is, is exciting to me because you you say to yourself, I only have four years to get everything done. I can't count on the fact that I'll be reelected. I can't count on anything. I know that this is what I have to do. And, and it was really motivating. And so in those four years, I took a lot of major swings, things that um, I, I never thought would happen. Um, but just the stars aligned, people um, helped uh, people that you would never expect um, came forward to help and um, opportunities presented themselves. And uh, one of the major things that I was able to accomplish is um, you know, parking is severely impacted in Northwest Chula Vista. You see the parking lots behind, behind your own establishment here at, at Three Punk Gales uh, being sold um, and converted into multifamily housing. That was a result of uh, redevelopment um, um uh, zoning and financing back about 15 years ago or so. So uh, we're becoming more dense and we're getting fewer and fewer parking spaces. Um, and the seniors at Norman Park Senior Center would complain to me and say, hey, I don't have a place to park. I'd love to come to the garden club meeting. I'd love to come, you know, to salsa night or bingo. And um, and, and the only way I can get there is to drive, but there's nowhere to park when I get there. Um, so I had that kind of weighing on me. And then I also had um, school kids and parents, you know, all leaving at the same time, rushing their kids to school, whether it be Hilltop, Middle Hilltop High, Rosebank, Mueller Elementary, Hellcrest, 
um, around school hours, it, it really becomes impacted with, with parents dropping off their kids where maybe in the years, years past, those children would have walked to school. So I, I had this major problem and I said, what can we do to fix it? And I saw that in downtown San Diego, they had a, a program called Free Ride Everywhere Downtown. It was called FRED at the time. And I reached out to the executives at FRED and said, you know, I'd love to have something like this this year. How much would it cost? And they took me on a beautiful tour of downtown. Um, they were electric shuttle vehicles driven by um, people making well above minimum age, people with benefits. They were electric shuttles, clean vehicles. And it was a tremendous, um, just a tremendous thing, but it was paid for by the parking um, funds in, in downtown San Diego. Now, our parking funds are actually in the red in Chula Vista. I, I just looked at our audited financials and I think we... You know, we're in the hole about five ninety k a year, five ninety to seven hundred k. It's a, a big year. number. Yeah, and so so there's no revenue per se to to help pay for free shuttles. So um, I I asked you know for uh, um, free ride everywhere downtown, which is now since been renamed to Circuit, to come and look at downtown Chula Vista. I took um, Daniel Kramer on a tour of Chula Vista and said, "Look how perfect this is to have free circulating shuttles. Can you help us do it?" He did an estimate and he did a design for us and it um, to have six circulating shuttles, which is what he thought could provide um, adequate coverage, would cost about a million dollars. One billion. One million. Sorry. Oh, perdón. I was like, whoa. Oh, no. One million. <laughs> and, and that just seemed like such a stretch. There's no way of getting that money. But I started to reach out to different funding organizations, different grants, different sponsors. These are vehicles that will be wrapped in advertisements. And I just, you know, I, I knew there was no way of getting that money from the general fund. We were in really bad shape. Um, but I started to just look for money, look for grant money and, you know, have open eyes. And, and I reached out to um, an organization called the CCDC, the Community Congregational Development Corporation. And they said, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. We're a senior serving organization. would love to help you. And as we started down that path, um, Circuit came back to us and said, you know what? There's this grant available. Um, Volkswagen, uh, remember when Volkswagen cheated on their air emissions cell? Yes, that was a big story a few years ago, for sure. So the state of California sued Volkswagen and got $30 million. And then they turned around and made a lot of that money available to local governments like ours to apply and clean the environment with vehicles. And so, or different projects. So we applied for a clean mobility option grant. And we received $1 million there it for is. our program. Box checked. Yep, box checked. And then the CCDC came forward and said, hey, wait, we said we would help you from the get-go. What, how can we help you? And they offered a matching million dollars. And, yeah. and the CARB grant, the California Air Resources Board grant, only- really- Politicians and their acronyms. Right. Fred, Sorry, CARB, Fred, all Fred. of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, the emission settlement grant only really covered a section of Broadway- um, near the five freeway, more of, you know, where the air is more impacted. So the CCDC rounded out the grant, um, the, the Congregational Towers um, group, um, the, the folks that, that sold the Congregational Towers and the church, um, they rounded out the grant. And so now what we have starting next month is we have six free on-demand vehicles. Uh, you download an app on your phone called Ride Circuit and um, between the hours of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, one of six vehicles will come pick you up if you're 55 or older, bring you door to door anywhere you want to go. And then when you're ready to come home, you just call the shuttle. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? That's real cool. So my, but That's not, cool because of all, just the background you gave me on how you kind of planted the seed, watered the seed, and then ultimately watched it grow. Yep. And now it's coming full bloom and it's going to be, is this something that's already going to put into action or? Yes, it's coming next month. It Holy was, cow. It, it was supposed to come in the fall, but we had um, one of the vehicles is ADA. And so there was a COVID shutdown. Um, but but if anyone that's listening that's 55 or older, you can download the Ride Circuit app right now on your smartphone. And, and it shows you a little map of where it's going to be. Um, and it's basically Northwest Chula Vista. It's south of the 54. And then between um, the 805 freeway and the ocean, the bayfront, <laughs> you know, just all the way to the bay. Um, and then the south border end is L Street at 3rd Avenue. And it kind of hooks up and around um, to, you know, like a, a St. Mark's Church at I Street and um, uh, I Street and Hilltop. 
And so it hits up yeah, a, yeah. a lot of the uh, the popular destination spots here on the west side of Chula Vista for sure. Well, Three Punk Gales is on. We're on there. Yep. All right. All nice. Downtown Jeez. 3rd Avenue, the library, the entire bayfront north of L Street, uh, the Chula Vista Mall, um, all, the VFW, FRA, and American Legion. All three veteran-serving um, uh, social places are covered. Um, uh, Scripps Chula Vista, Sharp Urgent Care, um, it's it's all covered. So this is really going to uh, go a long way in preventing um, senior isolation uh, and, and also keep our streets safer because when folks come, maybe that are 55 or older and have a have a beer. Here. Well, they're here. They're here for sure. <laughs> we don't want them we driving see them. home. We do not want them driving home. But but we're not over yet. I mean, that we're not finished. And that that's really why one, one of the compelling reasons for me to run for mayor is I do believe this shuttle service should be expanded um, and, and include school st- school students so that um, the parents um, next year, I, I don't know if you know this, but next year the bell schedule moves to 8.30 a.m. Oh, okay. And so that's really going to impact those parents that would normally drive their children to school um, an hour earlier so that they can get on the road. And I'd love to be able to expand this program to include our schools and partner with our schools to get the kids there. That's interesting that you bring that up. I um, was unaware of a service that existed here in Chilvisa like that. Um, I live here relatively close to the brewery and I do see vans that come there uh branded with CVESD logos on the vans and they pick up kids here from the neighborhood. And I'm assuming they pick them up part of school and they drop them off at school and then in turn bring them back. Cause I've been here when they pick them up to take them and I've been here when they're dropping them off to go home. So this is something similar akin to that service provided by the city. Very much so. And you know what? The thing is, is it, you can go at any time of day. There's a church parking lot that has senior serving vans all lined up and sitting there baking in the sun. And probably these vans that you, or the vehicles that you're seeing are baking in the sun between hours. It would be more productive if we all got on the same page and we just constantly kept these vehicles in use um, and serving our public. I think that's much better for the environment and much more convenient. What are some of the pressing needs that you need to address if and when you do become mayor of Chula Vista? So um, keeping the Bayfront on track is huge. and um, That project's been up and running for decades. Yeah. I remember being little and they're saying, oh, the Bayfront, J Street Marina, this is going to happen. It seems like there's finally movement in the right direction. They're absolutely. I know Steve Padilla has been playing a large part in that. And he play, works for the port. Am I- He's a coastal commission. Coastal commission. Thank you. Thank you. So we have Chula Vista's port commissioner. Her name is Ann Moore. She's an amazing resource to us. She's a for- our former city attorney. She went to Castle Park. High school and really—that's what I love about most of the people that are involved in city government in Chilvis is that a lot of them are here based. They're legitimately become pillars of the community by being from the community. They went to Hilltop High School, like your husband. They went to Castle Park, Chula Vista, all the way out in Bonita, Eastlake, and such. It's such a huge community, and there's so many schools and talent to choose from. But it's awesome to see when some of these candidates and and representatives in city government take their talents to help and give back to our community. You know what? I mean, I'll get back to Bayfront, but just on that point, both of my children went to college. My daughter went to UCSD and my son went to, our our son went to San Francisco state and they both came back and said, you know, we, we, we would be in a party or in a sports team or in some kind of, kind of activity. And we'd bond with like this, you know, a new person and, you know, get to know them and say, Hey, where are you from? And they'd say Chula Vista. And they said, there's just a different, there's just a different vibe for of, sure of a Chula Vista person, no matter if you go to Olympian high school or Southwest or Palomar or Hilltop Castle Park, you know, just East Lake. There's just a different sense vibe. of pride. Yeah. I've never been to another community where people are so on board with getting tattoos of their city logo on their body. I'm like, that's forever. So that's why I got Chula Vista. Like, oh. You know, but I know a lot of people that get, and it's like, and you go somewhere, it's like, oh man, you don't really see that. Being from Chula Vista, you know, I consider myself a native of South San Diego, you know, born and raised in South San Diego, whether it was Paradise Hills, Benita here, Chula Vista, San Isidro. It's like Chula Vista for me is home. We lived on the east side of Chula Vista. I used to live next to San Miguel Ranch with my family. Once we had kids, wifey and I legit sat down, discussed like we should probably go back to the west side to the house because it's more communal for us. It's more communal for us on the west side. You know, people know each other. Um, People are out there walking their dogs in the neighborhood. You have future mayoral candidates knocking on your door, shooting their shot, because you're not the first. 
When we moved back to the West Side, it was 2004 to, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 2012. And Miss Mary was running around knocking on doors at that time. And she was telling her, and I was telling her, well, this is my goal. I moved back to the West Side. I want to open a business here on Third Avenue. She's like, I support you. And she did totally. And now in turn, the torch is being passed. People are up here jumping and trying to grab it. It's an exciting time. I love Chula Vista. I love the West Side of Chula Vista. I love what Miss Mary and, and her team have done to convert Third Avenue into what it is today. When I bought this house, when we bought this house here in the year 2000, right off of Third Avenue, three blocks from where we are, it's com- night and day, completely different. I am not lying to you when I'm telling you there was crack houses that surrounded my property. You know, there, there was no uh, money being reinvested into the neighborhoods in which I lived in at the time. It was run down. It was bad. There was tumbleweeds going down Third Avenue. There was nobody there. The Vogue had shut down. The only pool, the only, the only thing drawing people to Third Avenue was La Bella. You know, and and to this day, to their credit, they still draw people, and it's awesome. It's a mile, it's a historical site on Third Avenue, but to see people who are from Chula Vista, grew up, born and raised, natives down here, reinvesting money and opening their businesses, you can't lose with that equation. No, and we thank you so much. I mean, just to see native sons come back like you did, and and I remember when you opened Three Punks, and when other folks open and reinvested, it's exciting to us older folks because. Um, we have confidence in you. We know what's here. We know who you are and we watch what you do and watch your investments and watch your hard work and say, it's our job to make sure that you thrive and, th- and that you not, not only survive, but you thrive. And, um, and especially during COVID, um, we saw businesses closing down throughout the region, but Chula Vista businesses seem to really make out well because you know, we folks were home. Folks that normally would commute out of the city were able to order and 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 dine and and enjoy what we have right under our noses. Um, so uh, we need to keep that moving forward. I think people really changed after the pandemic. We learned how to dance. We learned how to adapt. I hate the word pivot, but we're legitimately people from Chula Vista residents are no different than any other community. But we learned how to pivot and learn how to make things work. If it's one thing I love from Chill Vista, it's the hardworking mentality. It's the people who make up our community. There's no giving up. There's no throwing in the hat. All my business owner friends, they're on the same boat. You know, it's like COVID came and did what it did. The game, the game has changed forever. So you will have to deal with COVID moving forward as something that's going to be affecting our community. How has it affected you already? And how do you plan on dealing with COVID and everything that it encompasses moving forward for residents, for business owners, for everybody. Well, I'm hoping, I see opportunity in what just happened to us. I I see all of those um, East Chula Vista commuters and and South, you know, the Southwest and West Chula Vista commuters that leave their homes and spend an hour each way on the freeway to get to their, their jobs. I see that they you know, most of them had the opportunity to stay home. You saw how empty the freeways were during COVID. They were still working. It was eerie. It was eerie, but uh, work was still being performed, um, but but at home. And, you know, I, I see that as an opportunity to, to really uh, identify the, the companies that have a good workforce in Chula Vista and to court and help initiate the process of helping them move to Chula Vista so that their their workers have more time spent at home, spent in their communities, spent um, off of the freeway, um, you know, working, but also enjoying life here. I think that it's a huge wasted um, opportunity that the hours that folks spend commuting. I had that myself when I, I worked for IBM, I'm sorry, AT&T out here, um, my, the nearest location, you know, for us, our nearest branch office was about an hour each way for me to drive um, at one point. And, and that's just unacceptable. And so um, that's one of my goals is to continue recruiting large corporations to come to Chula Vista to relocate here. Um, and, and part of that plan includes the, the university project. Another project that's been in the making and in communications for decades. I remember when I went to Southwestern for a little bit, 25 years ago, and that was a, a, a talking point. Where are we with that, with the reality of it becoming, you know, tangible as opposed to just something floating in the air? That's, that's a great, great question. So actually, last council meeting, we engaged um, an outside firm, and, and we've started a partnership to, to look at entitlements and, and the process that we would need to go through for a university um, partner that, that we're trying to recruit. Um, 
you know, just stay tuned. There's a lot more at stake. My personal belief is that uh, we need to get all of the stuff that's not sexy to talk about everything that's underground, everything that, you know, the mechanics of, of, of the, of the space, the, the grading, the sewer, the, the storm drains, you know, just the entitlements, that kind of stuff ready on our end, because really what makes the university is the academic program. And that academic program generally comes from some sort of an endowment with a mission, with a mission to improve the world through education. And so, um, so those are the, you know, a university is two pieces. It's the physical manifestation, um, which we have. We have 375 acres. That's just raw. just East side earth, of Chula Vista, east correct? East side of Chula Vista, just raw, ready earth. Um, but we also need um, to, to, and so we, we can do that as a city, work on the mechanical part. Um, but, but the, the spirit, you know, the, 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 um, the mission, um, the academic program, all that needs to come from some sort of, um, um, financial endowment. And that's the piece that I think we've, it's a big money project. It's a big, huge money project, you know, but, but if you look at all the major universities that were started, not only in the United States, but around the world, most of them started from, you know, a few wealthy folks with ideas and, and, um, a desire to create a legacy. Chula Vista people, it's like a sleeping giant down here, you know, and we, we, we've often just kind of been that town that borders Mexico, the town that borders Tijuana. But what people don't, what people fail to realize is it's, you know, it is legitimately a sleeping giant, you know, and, and, and I feel like in the last five years, it has been awoke a little bit business wise, people moving into here, you know, and you often hear about people leaving Chula Vista, people are rather people leaving California, people leaving San Diego, the cost of leaning. I love Chula Vista. You know, I was very fortunate. I was one of the fortunate ones in, in, during the COVID that I've never been busier. You know, I work at UPS. So during that era, it was bananas. We, we, on the contrary, we started hiring more people to work at UPS. Amazon came in and they're building uh, new warehouses in the uh, east side of Chula Vista. They're going to be employing more people. Whoever takes the baton, takes the torch to become the new mayor, they have a lot of positives working on it. Oh, absolutely. A lot of positives working in your guys' favor uh, to kind of like keep it moving, keep it going. I asked you this earlier, but I'm really curious, like what, what is it? Something that kind of like, oh, okay, I really need to focus on this. There's something here that it, it, it's, I can't let this snowball into a, a bigger issue. Right. So, so one thing that, that people forget too, is that uh, the USMCA passed that the US um, Mexico Canada agreement um, and Mexico is exploding. Their aerospace industry is bigger than ours here in the US and you know, in this part of the, of the state. Um, we have, folks that live out in Eastern Chula Vista that commute South for work now on the regular. Yeah. On the regular, there's a third border crossing opening. Um, so, so we have, we're in, we're in a sweet spot and it's, a, we, we need to take advantage of that. Um, we need to attract more commercial real estate um, tenants in Chula Vista to reduce commute times, but also to, um, to, to augment our, our tax base. Our, our financial picture in the city has largely been residential, no hotels, you know, not, not much retail, um, not much, you know, it's, it's basically property tax revenues and, 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 you know, a little bit of sales tax revenue, but we could do more to, to, um, to round out our, our financial position and take advantage of, of, of what, where we're at right now. I'm looking forward to expanding my roots in Chula Vista. You know, I, 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 I pay attention now. I'm a business owner. You know, I, I'm raising a family. There, there's a lot of things that, that capture my attention as a business owner. And, and, and people always ask me, what are the best parts of being a business owner and the process of actually opening a business? How does the city, the city of Chula Vista help you guys? So I had a few questions that people slammed in my DM and in my, in my inbox, ask Jill about this. I said, okay question for you from the, from our discord people. How are you going to st help streamline the process of opening a business in Chula Vista? People who currently have a business in Chula Vista will tell you about the headaches, the heartaches. Fortunately, I had a liaison by the name of Scott Donaghy who held my hand in our squad's hand through the process. He made it as painless as possible. Not everybody shares these same stories. You know, like I have some friends that have opened business like, oh my God, if there's only this, if there's only that, you will be taking upon that role now. Right. 
you're going to be getting all the questions. You're, I was asking Miss Mary on her last visit here to the podcast. I was like, I can't get through all the emails. She's like, I, 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 I find the ones that are repetitive and I address those. You're going to be busy. So I have business owners right now saying, hey, I'd love to open more businesses in Chula Vista, but they just make it so difficult to, to set up. What can we do to curtail, to make that a more streamlined process? Do you have something there for us? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. And in fact, um, this is something that I think we should have done a while ago. Um, th there's a master's level course at UCSD that's, that has students that are in, in the data architecture um, design uh, field. And, and they're willing to come work for Chula Vista, intern for Chula Vista, and help create front-end systems that that make it easier and, and more intelligent um, and more helpful when you begin the process of going down the permitting road. Um, there, there's no question about it that most businesses, most small businesses in Chula Vista are started by entrepreneurs. And, and there's, there are things that they might not take into consideration at the beginning of, of their exercise. So a, an entrepreneur comes to the table with an idea. They say, Hey, I want to, I want to open a restaurant and they find a vacant building and they say, Oh, that's perfect. It's in the right location. I like how cute it is. It's got a nice parking lot. I want to go there. Well, maybe that business wasn't a restaurant before. Maybe that business was, um, you know, was a, a storage place. Um, you know, from, from, that person can go down the road of, of of seeking the permits and doing all the things they need to do to to open a restaurant business, but they might forget, you know, that there's a fundamental question about fire safety, and and that is completely different from a restaurant point of view to a storage point of view. Oh, for sure. And so, so they might go through the <laughs> we entire- We turned a uh, <laughs> men's warehouse, per se. The old Highlander used to be a men's clothing store into a brewery. There was, it shouldn't have fit. It was a, it was a round peg in a square space and, and we made it fit and it's hard, you know, cause a lot of Chula Vista wasn't built for what most people and most, most entrepreneurs are bringing to the table, you know? So good luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, but, but there's a way of, of helping as much as you can with the front end questions, um, to, to, to be more customer friendly and customer facing so that someone that says like you, that comes along and says, Hey, I see this, this warehouse and I want to make it this type of a building. Let it ask you those questions. Let it, you know, just like, a, you know, kind of, have you ever done TurboTax? Have you ever yeah. used it? Okay. So TurboTax asks you a whole lot of questions at the beginning and those questions you're, you know, why do I have to answer all these questions? It helps TurboTax present the correct forms on the back end. That's the sort of system that we need to design to, to help take off as much of the burden of that question and answer game from our front counter and give it to you so that you can, you know, um, get that in the back end and then, and then, and learn from the system, if that makes sense. I'm going to parlay this next question into my next question. What is the main challenge that you foresee in this role? What strengths do you possess to help you overcome this challenge? My question on that would be why you, why you over other candidates? Why should we vote for Ms. Jill Galvez as opposed to somebody else running for the mayor candidacy? Thank you for asking. Well, first, first and foremost, I get the job done. I've, I've had a, a long career in corporate America and now I've had a three, three year career as a uh, council member. And how does that rank on the timeline of quote unquote, being prepared to be a mayor or taking the next step? Um, I think they're both equally important. I think, um, you know, I was paid professionally to do a lot of the same things that I do in my council position. I was paid by, you know, the world and they thought I was good at what I did and, 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 and put me there. And now as a council member, um, uh, you know, you have to be on the job to learn the backstory of, of just about everything there is. If you took someone and said, watch this YouTube video on how to ride a bike and, you know, and, and tune in every once in a while and, and go buy a bike. And now we're going to put you in the Tour de France, or we're going to put you in a major race, you know, and, and, and you've seen how it's done, but you haven't actually been on a bike before ever in your life you know, you could fall down and, uh, and take a whole lot of people with you. And uh, the mayor's job, I think, you know, you definitely need someone that has experience that's 
been on the council before um, to, to do that job. And you also need to look at that the person that's been on the council to say, have you gotten things done? Have you been a good council member? Have you, you know, um, have you done right by your community? And have you have you um, answered their needs and concerns? And I think that's the very first thing that that a, a candidate needs to ask themselves. Have I been in that position? You know, because what's at stake is, you know, your your property investments, your family, your you know your livelihood, you know your your community. You you said you moved in and there were crack houses around the corner, and you know there there used to be graffiti all over Chula Vista. It's now gone. It, having effective government makes your life better. Having a leadership and representation that hears you and genuinely cares and, and says that's wrong. I'm going to do something about that. But then, you know, not just I'm going to do something about what's wrong, but I'm going to look at what can be done, you know, that enhances your life. Bring in community shuttles, get my money from the state for new parks, you know, um, make things better because that that's really what you want. Everyone just wants to know that they can continue on their lives, enjoy, you know, the time we have on earth with our families, with our friends, with our businesses, with, you know, things that make us happy and, and, and know that we've got the best people possible in every position, not just the mayor position, but, you know, the city attorney position and the police chief, you know, just make sure we have every, you know, every job that works flawlessly working hard and, and doing well by, by our community. That being the case in the last three years that you've been in civil service here, taking care of our city of Chula Vista. What are some of the projects that you are most proud of? What are some of the accomplishments that you have done that, you know, you can stick a feather in your hand. I did that. So first of all, the, the senior shuttle is an incredible. Yeah, it sounds one. like that. That's the, that's, that's a big my, one. That's a big one. Um, but we also, um, we, Mike Diaz, former council member, Mike Diaz and I founded the West side, best side um, mural uh, graffiti abatement mural project. And, um, and we took blighted alleys and painted murals with high school students. Um, we, we partnered with seven high schools in Chula Vista, got those students painting utility boxes, abating graffiti. Um, we've done, you know, several murals and, you know, it's fun. It's fun looking on, around the city and seeing art rather than uh, graffiti. Um, I, I was also able to find um, grant money. Um, I, I befriended a parks commissioner that happened to live in Chula Vista, California parks commissioner. She told uh, told me about a grant that was coming down from the state and we you know got ready um tim farmer and our community services department and his team um and our landscape architects we were ready for that grant and we we um, they applied for it um we don't have grant writers in chula vista they're all regular employees that you know uh, take time other day to write a grant and 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 we got 7.1 million dollars to renovate eucalyptus park um on fourth and c and then another 1.9 million it's a nice park it's a nice park, but it's going to be incredible. It's it um, the construction will start next year, and it will have a BMX course and a splash zone what? and lighting and pickleball and baseball and softball and all of the things, it, everything and, and and probably an arts and an um, arts and maker space where that YMCA building is. It's gonna when can be we have a beer garden at some of these city <laughs> parks? How do we make that happen? Oh, um, I'll skip that question. <laughs> but but um, but then also, you know, just little things. Um, the the leash free, fence free dog yes. park on Memorial Park. I had to go door to door. There there used to be a village of people that lived in that park and were up to no good. Um, and in Europe, um, they have leash free, fence free dog parks um, in, in different areas, and that kind of activates the parks and keeps bad actors out. Uh, so I, you know, had to go to the city attorney and prove that it was legal to do. I had to go to all the businesses. I came to you and said, will you sign this petition? I went to Tava. They approved it. And then finally I went to the city council and said, you know, let's try this. We've got a legwork thing. A lot of legwork. A lot of hustling. And we, they approved, the city council approved a pilot project and it's been, re, been re-upped and everyone likes it. Isn't that fun going to that park and, you know, letting your doggies loose? I have kids. I have a dog. You know, it's like- we need access to these parks. You know, we frequent the Hilltop Park a lot. We take the kids there. They ride around on their bikes. We take our little dog. He's out on the leash doing his thing. It'd be nice to have more access to more parks. more parks. For a long time, this park was very inaccessible simply by, you know, just what was going on there. It, w- it wasn't always on the top of the list of parks that we'd like to go to. And it's the nearest park to where we live, you know? So it's like, okay, cool. We'll ride our bikes to Hilltop. No, no harm, no foul. But it's cool that you city government yourself specific are being proactive and making these options more feasible and, and making them a, 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 a nice option for us. Thank you. And you know, Lancerlot Park. Um, so 
if you go all the way to um, on K Street, all the way to the freeway, mm-hmm. there's a little tiny, tiny little area that was just full of drugs and bad activity. And, you know, very few p- children would be allowed to play there. Just a little tiny thing. Um, it's an unwatered park. It wasn't supposed to be a park, um, but it does, did have playground equipment there. And I asked the Parks and Rec Department, help, what do we do with this? And he's, you know, they said, we have no money. We have no this, we have no that. So I went to Vulcan Materials, the mine, you know, we have a mine in Chula Vista, yep. a rock mine. Every now and then we climb it once a year. So yeah. they donated, so so Vulcan donated boulders and decomposed granite and, and rocks. And then- That the, quarry is crazy. Isn't it It's crazy? huge. It like you're in the middle of it looking up. You're like, oh my God, where I'm surrounded. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like I? you're in a completely different place. Right. So, so they donated materials and then the Rock Church donated labor and we renovated that little tiny park. And now we're, it's getting new playground equipment. The nasty chain link fence is coming down. It, it'll be, a, we're getting new lighting. And so what was an unusable blight in that area, that little tiny pocket park, will actually have a, a little cute, children's play area and, um, and be a benefit to the community. Well, I'll throw our hat into the ring. You know, we, we operate a, uh, Emo Brown foundation where our tagline is doing good in our hood. We go around and we want to have beautification projects on a quarterly basis where we go either to the beach community parks or this quarter, we're doing a going to a neighborhood and somebody who's elderly, who needs a little help and restoring their, their yard, the facade of their home. So if there's anything that you guys can throw our way that we could help in, we've got a nice army of people who are willing and able to jump on in and donate time, product, and whatever you need to make it happen. I love that so much. Well, back to that little rock park. Um, since it's unwatered, you're welcome to take a rock from that park and paint it and mm. then go plant it back in the park. There it is. Yeah, you get right? it here, social club guys. You're always looking for, right? for opportunities to make things happen. Ms. Jill Galvez has one for you. Last question for you. And you've already answered it with one of your projects. So let's do it with a new one. If you received a $1 million grant to use for the city in any way that you wanted, what would you do with it and why? I would expand the senior shuttle to include school children. And um, specifically in the impacted areas where Cars can't get in or out. We have a, a huge problem with um, with with folks lining up to drop off their children to school. Um, they they don't allow their children to walk to school, and emergency trucks can't get through. Trash collection can't get through. Um, and then we've got um, children that should not be driving, but their parents have no choice but to give them a car um, because they're working. Uh, and then they you know use their cars to get to school, but. Maybe they drive a little bit recklessly, or maybe <laughs> they do some other things with the cars that they shouldn't be doing. And and I, I really think that if we um, expand the micromobility project, we're going to save you know the, the environment. We're going to save people a lot of money, um, and we're going to keep people driving the speed limit and keep people safer. Because um, I'll tell you, you know that's that's my number one goal as a council member. Besides you know, a financially healthy city, you know, develop, uh, d- delivering all kinds of wonderful services to everyone. My ultimate goal is to keep everyone safe, safe neighborhoods, um, safe community, um, healthy community. That's, you know, what it's all about. That's what a lo- local government should be doing. What are some important dates that we as Chula Vista residents should be looking forward to now? It's getting close. Primaries are upon us. Yeah. Where should we be looking forward to? 15 second elevator speech, wrap it up, put it in a little ribbon for us. Why, Ms. Julie Alves? Thank Here you. it is. Thank Platform you is yours. So much. Uh, well, thank you, Chula Vista, for li- listening all the way through this hour. Steve's more, <laughs> normally more entertaining with his other other friends. I'm here to learn. <laughs> I'm here to learn, and the, and I've I've put out the bat signal to everybody who's running who wants to come on board. <laughs> I want to learn about everybody who's running. We are not a political podcast by the, any stretch of the words, but I am a Chula Vista resident. Thank I you. am a small business owner in our community. I want to know who is in line to take the reins and take over and get us over to the the new phase of Chula Vista. Well, I hope you vote for me, Steve. I hope you and your family will will support my candidacy, my campaign, because I commit to you that I care about you. I work hard for you. I get the job done for you. Um, The next four years are going to be very exciting in Chula Vista, and we need good leadership with a vision, with a plan, with the capability to get things done for us because we can knock it out of the ballpark. We really can as a community, 
And um, and so the next big dates are uh, that the, there's a primary election June 7th. I think there's seven of us now running for mayor. Um, but you'll start to get absentee ballots in uh, late April, early May. Um, and, and please check off Jill Galvez, your council member, District 2 Northwest, running for mayor of Chula Vista. What a crazy time. Right. That's going to be nuts. Are you excited for this? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know if you realize, but there's a lot of scrutiny and you're on the spotlight and everybody's looking for everything that you're doing, saying, and oh my God. It's all right. It's all right. It's all, you Good know, for it's, you. Coming from, <laughs> Good it's, for you. it's coming from a place of love and, you know, this is politics. So oh. people are going to say, oh, she, you know, you know, uh, ran a stop sign or she did this. What is the biggest that? beef or, or, or negative comment that your people that are going up against you have to say? What, what, what should we look for? Oh, they will, they will try anything. They will, they will make things up. That's the nature of politics because, you know, th- there's just a lot of, uh, of lobbyists. There are a lot of special interests. There are a lot of people that want things done and swayed in their direction and don't want an independent, you know, thinker. And so they'll throw everything out there. Um, but just don't listen. Just- Are you at liberty to talk about who has officially backed you for your candidacy or? I, I would say the group that I'm most proud, I have a lot of people backing me, um, but the group I'm most proud that's backing me is called Chula Vista Safe. So it's a 5,000 member community group um, and it originated from a group of folks that wanted to keep their neighborhood safe. And, um, and, and they're hundred percent behind me and, and that's exclusive. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of that. Exciting times are upon us. I look forward to seeing what's in store for our fair city of Chula Vista and yourself. We'll keep tabs on you and see what's going on. Miss Jill, thank you for cruising in and telling us a little bit about yourself and laying out your plan for Chula Vista. You are so awesome. I love your podcast. I love how how much joy you bring to this every single day, every single podcast. This is my therapy. This is, this is where I get to just really talk and, and have fun. <laughs> but you're really, really funny and positive. And congratulations on your new sponsorships. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're, we got Caesar out there working hard marketing and advertising for us. Oh, really? We'll have to get your autographs. Not mine. No, kind of, no. You're, 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 you're becoming an internationally famous. Oh, thing. nice. Yeah, because we're so close to the border. That's <laughs> Miss Jill, good luck. Thank we look you. forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you. Thank you.